0: The Bruins gut-punched Washington State last night in overtime in a game, quite frankly, UCLA easily could have dropped. From the tip, they were disengaged, a lack of focus. They were taking bad shots. The passing wasn't crisp. And other than Chris Smith, nobody could figure out any offensive solution out there in the first half. But the guys got it together in the second half, weathering through... Two second-half surges by Washington State. The Cougs at one point were up by double digits. But that resilient, new-look UCLA team that is starting to buy in even more showed that it can withstand a couple runs from their opponent. Fought back, got into overtime, and then Cody Riley, the juggernaut, in OT, 11 points in the extra session along with an emphatic block that sealed it for UCLA in a big-time win as they now go, or they have won, I should say, six out of their last eight games. So welcome in to Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. You know me as a host for the Bruin Insider Show, which airs on the radio in Los Angeles on Tuesdays. I also do work at Fox Sports Radio as a national anchor. Love UCLA and what it is all about. My mom went to UCLA. My parents met at UCLA's campus. So, I feel like I have some connection at least to the university. And to stay connected with me, you can do so via email. My email address is lockedonbruins at gmail.com. Or if you prefer the Twitter model, you can tweet at me at Brian Fenley. Happy to interact and continue the conversation about where this UCLA basketball team is now since they have won six out of their last eight games. I know that your perception of them has changed from what they did at the beginning of this year to how they have molded themselves into a much more a team that's progressed a whole lot more, I should say. So please weigh in and also please subscribe to this show as we try to build things up here and make it fun, interesting, entertaining, all that good stuff. Alright, so as I list out what you can look out for on this episode of Locked On Bruins. There's a ton of different things that I do want to attend to. From Chris Smith's great play, he was a hero in this game. Also, you can't go without talking about the heroics of Cody Riley, obviously, in overtime. We'll look at both of their performances. But there were also unheralded heroes in this one. And I'm talking about how about Jaime Hawkins in the second half? Plus, David Singleton knocking in a couple clutch threes. These guys deserve a whole lot of credit. They certainly got some, but not enough when you think about what all went into a Bruin comeback win when they had to fend off being down by 12 points in that second half. Also on the program, look, Washington State had a chance to win this thing at the end of regulation, and their coach Kyle Smith made a perplexing decision that I think hindered their case in their chances of winning. Obviously, it's easy to say that now looking back, but I think he's regretting something he did at the end. We'll go and discuss that. Plus, look at other post-game comments from Mick Cronin and the players and other telling stuff from that game. I do want to begin with a general overview of this one and, and kind of Sitting and watching this thing in this contest, the Bruin 86-83 win against Washington State, it reminded me so much of their prior meeting in that the Bruins and Washington State, when they played last month, they went into overtime. However, there was quite the role reversal here. It was like the same game almost, but the roles changed. Because if you remember in January in Pullman, The Bruins were the aggressors, they were leading at the half, they had a double-digit lead in the second half, and then they face-planted, forced it into overtime, they had a shot to win it at the end of regulation, or right before regulation, they miss out on that, then they go into OT, and Isaac Bonton goes off. It's eerily similar, but all you gotta do is change the teams, because... In this game yesterday, the Bruins are down at the half. They're down by double digits in the second half. Washington State has a chance to win it at the end of regulation. They botch that. Then they go into overtime, and then it's Cody Riley who goes off this time, not Isaac Bonton. So, very fascinating to see how much both of these games mirror each other. But again, it was the revenge. That was restored as the Bruins got got one back against Washington State, a team that is hapless on the road, quite frankly. They have not ever been this close in winning a road game in Pac-12 play all year long. This was their best shot, and they missed out on it. I will say that from the beginnings of this one, it, it reminded me of like a clinical sense of playing down to your opponent for UCLA, because I felt... That like a hungry team like Washington State, who knows that they're the underdog, who knows that they're going to be discounted and oftentimes underestimated, that they wanted to come out and try to impose their will on the road. And I felt like UCLA started out this game catnapping against the Cougars. And there was a whole lot of turnovers. Guys simply were not making shots. I mean, I think that was the biggest thing in the first half. The Bruins were just atrocious from the field. They went one of 13 from three-point territory. And the only thing that kept them close was their defense, which made some plays and made the deficit not too much to bear, and Chris Smith. So it was Chris Smith and UCLA's defense in the first half that kept the deficit respectable going into halftime. Then... We get into the second half, and right from the start, Jaime Hawkes gets the steal, and then the Bruins are in transition, and Hawkes nails the three. Now, what I was disappointed about with UCLA was their lack of fast-break points. I think they only had five, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, five fast-break points for UCLA, six for Washington State, and that was one of my keys to the game. I thought that UCLA needed to impose their will on the break, and they were not able to do that. But they did have the edge in bench points. 11 more bench points for the Bruins. And this game teeter-tottered around 6 to 7 points. And then, eventually in the second half, the Bruins trailed by 12. They were down 50 to 38. And then, what Mick Cronin said came more prevalent was, all right, got to find something here. Our offense is so-so, is, is and our defense is keeping Washington State in front. So what he decided to do, and he spoke about this after the game, he said we thought one way to energize our off, or our defense in this one is to bring the press and, and trap them, get some turnovers, and maybe that would rein, reinvigorate the spark defensively, which it did. the The Cougars had a hard time bringing the ball up the court comfortably, and the opportunities for UCLA increased as they got steals, they got buckets, and they started hitting threes. That was big too. The Bruins went 1 of, as I said, 1 of 13 from 3-point range in the first half, and then in the second half, they went 6 of 11 from distance. They finished just 28% from 3. Washington State made 11 threes, many more, 4 more, I should say, than the Bruins, and it still didn't matter because, in the end, the, the play of Chris Smith was dazzling, and if we look at the, the final stretches of this one, the the Washington State Cougars had a chance to win this game. The game was tied at the you know a couple seconds before regulation, and Kyle Smith, the head coach for Washington State, decided I am not gonna take a timeout that I entrust my players to figure things out and to go with look. They're going to figure it out. Somebody's going to get a good play. We're going to make a shot or at least attempt a good look. By not going to the timeout, he realized now that that was the bad decision because basically what they settled on before the horn was Isaac Bonton chucking up a tremendously deep three from the top of the key. And when Coach Smith was asked about that final play, he said, quote, it was really tough. We knew we would have to have a guy – to turn the corner. I didn't really want to call timeout. I just thought we would have gotten a better shot. He said, I, I, I usually don't call a timeout in that situation. I figured Isaac Bonton had been playing well, especially in the pick and roll. So I thought we had a chance. The, the shot almost went down. That three rattled around the rim and, and popped out. But the Bruins are able to survive into overtime. And coming up next how they were able to just get a stranglehold on this game with what Cody Riley did, plus more on Chris Smith as he was a dominant presence, 23 points and 13 rebounds as the Bruins dominated on the boards in this one, grabbing nine more rebounds. Jaime Haquez, who was a... Jaime Haquez, who was a star in this game, 13 points in the second half, acknowledged in the post-game press conference that the sign of this team now is that they don't get flustered. They don't get frazzled when they give up a lead. There was always that second response from them where they battled back. And I think if there's one clear indicator why this team has progressed, or how it is, I should say, from mid-February, to mid-November, it's exactly what Hawkeye says. We start losing a game. We give up a lead. We get down by double digits. It's in the second half, and we don't just roll over. We put our foot in the ground, and we say, we are going to mount a comeback. We are going to tighten things up on defense, which the Bruins were able to do. The turnovers were a big part in forcing what was once a 12-point lead back to within single digits and then getting UCLA a chance into overtime because Chris Smith might not be, when you when you think of this game overall, might not be, even though he led his team in scoring, might not be the most talked about Bruin. It's going to be Cody Riley. But Chris Smith hit a baby jumper along the baseline at the end of the second half, which tied the game without him making that shot. The Bruins are not going into overtime, and then when you go into overtime, it was Cody Riley, and Cody Riley was just out-dueling his defender in Jeff Pollard. It was like Pollard was a garden gnome out there, and he had no hope trying to body up Riley, who was much more physical and just imposed his will, had 11 points in overtime, also featured a nasty block that was also a, a morale booster and got the crowd alive in in Westwood after that one. But there were comparisons made, uh, I saw on social media, from what Cody Riley did to, to the play of Zion Williamson. If You know Zion Williamson as the first overall pick in last year's NBA draft. He's also a lefty. He's also a bulkier but stronger post-presence and just outmans anybody that tries to guard him inside, and that's exactly what Cody Riley did. Cody said he was thinking about the loss in overtime to Washington State when they last played, and he said that I wanted to play my hardest because of that, because I did not want a repeat performance. And I, I would have to, to say that that was the best and I think it's pretty obvious. That was the best 5-minute stretch we have seen from from Cody Riley in this one and they kept feeding it to him and the post defense was inept and just no match. I mean, look at Pollard. I mean, Pollard has nowhere near the frame and the the musculature as Cody Riley as the Bruins dominated in the paint. They had 12 more points in the paint. Also, Cody Ellaby, the starting, or excuse me, the, 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 the best scorer for Washington State, had a tough night, played 42 minutes, and went 4 of 18 from the field, and was 2 of 10 from three-point territory. So I said in the keys to the game that Ellaby had to be held to under 15, and there's one of my keys working to perfection. Jeff Pollard, while he did get lit up defensively at the end, did come up with 20 points and went four or five from three-point territory. And yeah, he was big with, with the three ball. And I thought that if we didn't get turnovers, that Pollard's three ball precision was going to be what ailed us and how we would have lost. I thought that was big and then Isaac Bonton was strong. He had 23 points and showcased an array of different mid-range moves. The floater was going down, and he also had five assists. So the Cougars had three guys that played at least 40 minutes in this one, and you had Chris Smith with 40 minutes. No other player had more than 40, and Smith finished with 23 points and 13 rebounds. All right, coming up next, a win is great, but how can the Bruins get better? What can they learn from their experience in this game, and where did they fall short? Cody Riley, after this game, said, look, we want to continue to win and give ourselves a chance to maybe make the NCAA tournament. Mick Cronin had a a similar sentiment afterwards. He said that we are treating every game now like we are in the NCAA tournament, in that if we win, we advance and we keep our hopes of making the postseason alive. And I think that's a great mindset, which once again sets the standard for a sense of urgency, which was not there for UCLA in the first half. I again, I felt like this team, you, they, when they did their scouting report, they felt that Washington State which has been rather inept offensively despite two players in Isaac Bonton and TJ Elby, I thought the Bruins felt, you know, we don't have to give it 100% and we can just kind of frolic in here and win this game. But those are the kind of games that are most dangerous when you let your guard down. But when they got back to the principles, they got back to playing better defense, forcing turnovers, That has been their staple, and that's what helped them win. Now, Tiger Campbell, we're looking at things where the Bruins can improve. Tiger Campbell, 3 of 10 from the free throw line, which is a bit concerning. However, it wasn't so much for McCronin because he said after the game that the reason for Campbell's struggles at the line were centered on the fact that he's fatigued. He's playing so much. 36 minutes in this game, and Cronin says he has to be a little bit more mindful in terms of how he plays Campbell, but there's really no substitute for playing him. I mean, you've got David Singleton out there who's a good handler of the ball, but those two guys are basically playing both the guard spots for the most part. So it's just when you have somebody that is so important to the team and you don't have somebody as talented and has any ability to replicate what Campbell does it's hard to take campbell out of the game. so we'll see if if his free throw numbers are able to bounce back when they get it on with washington this weekend. washington losing over, excuse me, yesterday as they fell to usc and we will have a full-on detailed breakdown of the washington ucla game coming up on monday. have a wonderful day. treat your special someone to something make them feel special. And I'm going to try to do that myself. I'm Brian Fenley.